Welcome to the 36th episode of the Game 4 podcast. In this episode, still recording from home, we'll be talking about some of our favorite tabletop games, past and present. I'm Adam. I'm Matt. And uh, we're part of Game 4. This is the Game 4 podcast. We are talking about tabletop gaming, how to get into it, how to enjoy it more, how to build community uh, in ways that you still can in this day and age. And um, we do an episode every two weeks and try to kind of tackle some ideas within tabletop gaming to help you enjoy uh, and you know your tabletop gaming a bit more. Uh, we've been enjoying our tabletop gaming, even though we're... Um, you know, kind of having to enjoy it in different ways these days. Uh, what have you been doing in your hobby, in your tabletop gaming hobby recently, Matt? Uh, my main thing, I've been uh, painting up a new kill team uh, for Warhammer. Uh, I'm doing a uh, Blood Angels uh, team. I think I assembled mm-hmm. them like ugh, pre-COVID or right around COVID, um, but I finally got them painted um, or getting them painted. Um, got actually a couple nearly done now, so... Mm-hmm. I think I saw one on your Instagram. Yeah, that was, that yeah, he's yeah. my like. I think he was the, like a, a sample from the new ninth edition version or whatever, mm-hmm. and I painted him up at the same time. So he's been kind of my test one if I'm not sure about stuff. So that, that's I, always a good idea is to have some sort of test model if you can. Yeah, so I, I kind think. of work ahead on him first, and then kind of tweak what I want when I go with the rest of them. But yeah, he's. Uh, basically done except for uh i tried the uh, new basing on him uh it's um a tactical paint from citadel mm-hmm. called i believe mars like earth or something like that it's like a, yeah it's supposed to like be crackle paint almost yeah and so mm-hmm. it's it, in the picture i think i posted on instagram it started to crackle but yeah this morning it was all nice and crackled and stuff uh, still kind of a weird like pepto abysmal color so um, I'm not sure exactly what color I'm going to paint it, but I really like how the texture came out. So, yeah, I find that like with the texture paints specifically from from Citadel, is I have a tendency to put them on before I prime, and then I prime over the top of them because I just I, I don't like I don't know what it is I just don't like the look of them when you just put them on like the last step like that's why they make them in different colors and things like that so that you can just put them on last step and then they're done but yeah. I still like to paint over them for some reason. I think it also helps especially with the crackle paint cuz the crackle paint can be kind of um fragile. You know what I mean? Cuz it's it's got to dry in a certain way and then it's crackling right. and so that's why I like to prime over the top of it a little bit. And it maybe reduces the amount of crackle effect a little bit, but it's I don't know. But it's it's yeah, interesting them, stuff. I like the texture stuff. Yeah, one of the texture things I have is like a it's almost like a it's like a weird snowy type thing. So mm-hmm. that was the one I was thinking about using. It's more of a like a light gray, and I was I think it might pop. Um, mm-hmm. But I had picked that uh, stuff up yesterday, so I was like, oh, I'll try that first. So yeah, I'm still kind of experimenting before I get ready to do that. But yeah, uh, all, basically, I, you know, I can play with them as is now. So that's a yeah, that's a good step. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it, it painted is always better than non painted. Uh, what other kind of stuff you've been doing? Um, I've been starting to print print out a lot of the uh, stuff that came with the uh, the latest Monster Fight Club um, uh, train, the, the Metropolis stuff. Um, I know they've got a uh, their Ice one out right now, but yeah, they've got uh, a current running Kickstarter. But previous to that, they did have like urban buildings and stuff like that. Yeah, so and that's at I believe it's a they did it at kind of like hero scale, so like thirty two millimeter. Um, mm-hmm. So I've done some. Uh, 
some scaling around like because i know you can go up to like 40 pretty easily to get it you know like crisis protocol size or you yeah know, for the marvel down game. to like yeah down to like the 28 which is you know closer to like you know what you use for most things uh mm-hmm. so I played around with a little bit of that uh some of their um train scatter pieces of stuff i've been playing around with and well, yeah know, they had so. a whole bunch of different things like um uh, mailboxes and uh yeah they've got dumpster and, like their yeah. dumpster is like super uh, dumpster has like a bunch of inserts so you can have like the empty dumpster you can have like a dumpster filled with garbage you can even have a dumpster that's on fire you know i was gonna ask if there was a dumpster fire it is 2020 yeah so yeah, I, yeah. I might even get that one painted up for my desk <laughs> yeah it's not a bad idea so yeah, I've been doing that. that, and then uh, Black Scrolls released some more of their city buildings, and I had gotten kind of behind um, with the FDM printing, so started printing up uh, some of their new stuff. Like uh, they've got a uh, like a lumber mill, um, mm-hmm. so I printed that up. Um, that look came out looking really good, uh, and then uh, printed up all the. Uh, train for inside like uh they've got actual like a sawmill and you know um lumber and all that stuff that kind of comes out of it and stuff so mm-hmm. but yeah cool. it's, that's so been playing around with that and then uh finally started get uh i think yesterday is gonna be one of the last few nice days we have out maybe this week so i've been starting to prime everything that i'm not positive i can airbrush prime inside and doing mm. it with the rattle can outside i think actually tomorrow well wait what no friday i think friday's supposed to be pretty nice too it's supposed to be maybe in the 70s yeah so i just yeah, didn't yeah. want to wait all till that day because sure. then you go oh i have way too much i still feel like i have too much so yeah now yeah, is I the time to get things ready yeah. yeah for rattle can season that's i agree i think there was a um, couple pieces that were from like last fall that i didn't get done in time so <laughs> sure yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I have any terrain right now that I need to prime. I probably ought to think about it, though. I've got other stuff I've been building, so I don't have any current terrain projects that I can think of, although I probably should. There's like actually a couple that I probably should, but um, nice, yeah. I've been, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's me. How yeah, yeah, I've, I've been, uh, let's see. So um, I was working on a, at a uh, Nurgle um one of the chaos gods, uh, a Nurgle aligned uh, Warcry warband for Age of Sigmar Warcry, the skirmish version of uh, Age of Sigmar. Well, it's not the skirmish version. It's a skirmish game based off of Age of Sigmar. Um, and so I'd already finished the five like normal size kind of regular guys. And I had done them on my Twitch stream and they were finished. And then I started working on the sixth member of that warband who was a, a Pusgoyle Blightlord is the official nomenclature that uh, Games Workshop puts on that guy. And mm. uh, he's basically just a big, fat, kind of, you know, decaying guy sitting on top of a big, huge mutant, scary bug. And um, uh, Puscoil, I don't know what a Puscoil is, but it's uh, it's it's apt. It sounds, it's basically. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, f- finished him up uh, mostly on stream. I got him real close, and I just had to, like, finish up the base and some other things that I, were kind of not real interesting for people to watch. So I finished those up off, off stream. Um, so I will probably take some fancy photos of him and his five uh, friends uh, and put them up on Instagram and stuff. I'll probably shoot those this weekend at some point. I like to go to the studio and I've got, you know, a bunch of terrain there and lights and things like that. And I can kind of do some nice. some nicer looking images that aren't just like, you know, put it on a white background or put it on a, a like a dark background. I like to make a little scene. Um, 
that's that's what I like to do lately. Uh, I've been do, I've been doing it a bunch with um, a lot of the stuff I've been painting, just because I yeah they've been coming find out it really more well. interesting. Well, thanks. Yeah, no, I I like it. Um, if you want to see those things, you can just search for tabletop minions on Instagram. Your Instagram is Gaming Matter, right? Yep, M A T T R, yep. no E in it. Yep, same as the website and Twitter yep, yep. and yeah, yeah. Um, and then currently on Twitch, what I'm painting, I started. I painted some of it on Monday night, and I'll be painting again on Friday. Probably just the two sessions. Uh, I'm painting these sort of weird. Well, it's from a, it's from a current Kickstarter that's going on, and it's uh, a viewer uh, reached out to me and he's like, "Hey, I'm doing this Kickstarter." And I'm, you know, and I, I, I get that a lot from, from people, different Kickstarters reach out to the channel and stuff, but he's like, he sent me a link and I just clicked on it and checked it up. And the, the, the models were so cool that I was like, will you, if you want to send me some of these during the Kickstarter, I will paint them on Twitch because I just really wanted them. Uh, and it's kind of oh, like nice. a, like a weird, uh, three pigs. I think the, the name of the, so the name of the company is called Monkstone Miniatures. Okay, and they've got a current um, Kickstarter going on, and uh, it's like th- the Three Pigs and Other Denizens of Dunmere, or something like that. And it's just a set of like seven uh, resin models sculpted by this guy named Jack, and uh, and he does really good work. And um, I just nice. as soon as I saw them, I was like, I- I'm like, I want the pig with the helmet, and then uh, and then he also sent me um, there was kind of a sort of a, a goblin sort of troll kind of lady. Uh, with a with a wooden shield that looks like it was made out of like possibly a not a door but maybe a like a shutter or something like that i don't know and then um there's also this other character named glom and he is like a snail and he's like carrying you know he's got a snail shell on his back but he's got a bunch of stuff strapped to the snail shell and he's kind of walking he's got a walking stick but he's got feet like he's not a snail like it's it's very strange um and they're really kind of yeah they're cool models and so I built the three of those and primed them up and I started painting them on Monday and I'll, I'll continue. I'm doing a lot of contrast color with them actually, because it's just fast. And because I primed them like with a black and white kind of Zenithal highlighted mm-hmm. prime, um, it's actually working out pretty quickly. So, yeah, I'm really yeah. liking that, 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 that look like the, yeah, I, I'm is, started to do it and yeah, it's, it's nice. <laughs> yeah, it does. It speed things, speeds things up a lot. Once you get the hang of the, the prime, it's, it speed things, speeds things up a, a good deal. Uh, and then lastly, uh, actually last night, yes, last night I started building um, some uh, Night Haunt uh, Spooky Boys for Warcry. I'm going to be building, um, well, I'm not going to just build one Night Haunt uh, Warband. I've actually got four different lists, which are all slightly different that I want to mess with. And so I took, like, of the four lists what are the all the combinations of models that I need? So I'll just do them all at once. And it's maybe, I don't know, 12, 14 models tops. Um, but uh, so I started building on them and then hopefully I can start painting. I'm hoping to start painting with them actually on Monday on Twitch. So, uh, you know, it's Halloween. You want to have spooky ghosts and stuff like that. So so that'll be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, doing that as well. And I'm just trying to figure out color scheme. Like I'm going to, I'm going to end up having to do a good portion of it in airbrush to start, which I can't do on stream because I can't airbrush on stream because it's just not, there's just, I can't right. get my, my, my rig in there. Or I don't, I, I could probably bring my airbrush out of the room that it's in, bring it out by my, but it's just a pain in the butt. So, um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be, hopefully I can get a bunch of it done that way. So that will be good. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all the stuff I've got. Um, 
as far as what I've been working on and you've been working on your stuff and everything, you staying, uh, staying healthy and safe. I know that our area of the country right now is, uh, a bit of a hot spot for, uh, COVID and such. <laughs> yeah. And a hot mess. That's true too. So we've been, uh, staying away from the, the game stores and, and, you know, that kind of thing. And we haven't, you know, it's just, it's very difficult to get out and play obviously right now for pretty much everybody, but specifically around here, it's a terrible idea. So we were kind of thinking Matt and I about like, well, what about like, what, what other kind of subject could we talk about? And we started thinking about like, you know, potentially like, you know, um, some favorite games of ours, both past and present, like things that we used to love versus, well, not versus, I guess that's maybe, uh, you know, fight, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. But things that we used to love, uh, and things that we love now, and to some degree, there's a potential for some, um, you know, a little bit of saminess, not sameness, but you might have, you know, something that you still love, even though you loved it back in the day, that kind of thing. And I think that's true to, to a degree. Um, but yeah, so like back in the day and like roughly what age was it when you started playing like nerd style games is what I'll call them. Like not monopoly or life yeah, or sorry, I was, but like, I would say kind of that middle school type time frame, like mm-hmm. that, like sixth grade I would think it was about the right time. Sixth, maybe seventh. I think it was sixth grade, though. Yeah. Or grade six, however, mm-hmm. depending on where you're from. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it was around there because I, I know, like, in grade five is when I f- first uh, started reading, like, the Dragonlance uh, series. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then it got me, like, really, you know, into, you know, looking at that stuff and then uh, then finding out that there's a game to do and all that stuff, so. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I think I probably started about fifth grade myself, um, which is right towards the end of grade school. And, you know, we, I don't know, I don't know about you. Did you start with, uh, with Dungeons and Dragons? Um, yeah, I think so. I think Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons was the first, like, non, like, um, you know, like, uh, mass market game that I've played. You yeah. know, I'm not saying that D and D is a small game by any means, but like not well back you know, then it not, was, right? But not like a monopoly yeah. and right life and all that stuff. But yeah, D and D was definitely that that first like get go into you know we're playing that you know more of a true tabletop um, game. Try not to yeah. keep, but <laughs> at the same time, right? No, yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, like, there's differences between the. You're right, like the mass market games. Even though now a lot of the types of games that we would consider to be, you know, like, for lack of a better term, nerd style games, you can get at Target. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. You're starting to see right. games like that show up. But um, back then, you only saw like Parker Brothers, Milton Bradley, that kind of stuff at, exactly, at yeah. department stores and things like that. And if you wanted yeah. to get and, Dungeons right. and Dragons, maybe you went to um, Oh, I don't know, like uh, Walden Books. I remember they used to carry that kind of stuff. Yep. I had a yeah. Mr. Paperback was the big thing in uh, my area in New mm-hmm. England. So, yeah, always used to go there. And, and then, uh, uh, you know, starts, you know, and I think they had they were smart and they had all that stuff right next to all the books. So when I started getting into the books um, and kind of like read through everything that was at the local library, um, and it was like, okay, I'm going to have to actually buy stuff now, you know, with 
gift cards or or birthday money or whatever and then mm-hmm. it was like right next to that was all the D books and it's like oh okay yeah that, no it's, those look it's cool. smart it's smart marketing you either you know get somebody who's interested in the D game and then show them oh there's a bunch of novels or vice versa you know it's either mm-hmm. start with the novels and have that yeah it's it's a smart thing to do um but yeah it's uh i, I would say for me as well dungeons and dragons was uh the start i would say now, what version were you on, like, the original, like, core Dungeons yeah, & Dragons? Yeah, I'm, I'm older than you, so I don't even know that it was advanced Dungeons & Dragons when I started. Advanced Dungeons okay. & Dragons came along a, a short, no, I mean, not shortly, a little while after I started. But when I first started, it was the original, like, Redbox or whatever. Not not the original original. I mean, like, the original D&D stuff were tiny little books that almost looked like they were photocopied. Um, right. Uh, I've got a friend who's actually owns some of those because he's older than me even. And, uh, but yeah, it's, um, the, uh, like that's kind of where I got started in that kind of stuff as well. Nice. And, um, you know, you, you, you attempt to, uh, you know, somebody has to attempt to be a, a dungeon master and, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the easiest thing for a fifth grader to do, but we still had a good time. I mean, the game, the, the games were maybe not necessarily as brilliantly, uh, you know, um, paced and uh right it wasn't a lot of story particularly it was a lot of like okay you you've come across six orcs you know and then there you have a start a fight and that kind of stuff but yeah um, i had the advantage of uh friends older brothers i've i didn't have an older mm -hmm. brother myself i'm the oldest but yeah Mm -hmm. i had friends and their older brothers you know they were just like looking for people you know to come in so they you know they'd let us play you know you know we were usually little minions in their group mm-hmm. and stuff but you know we had mm-hmm. fun you know and then we eventually like no we're gonna run our own games yeah yeah no yeah it was uh i i think that the big benefit to some degree for a game like dungeons and dragons is it is relatively accessible especially for younger people mm-hmm. because of the it, in many situations, it can be a, a lower cost to entry. Like maybe you just ask for the player's handbook for Christmas or, right. or like a birthday or something like that, or you you know you and your friend share one and borrow it back and forth, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, right. That's yeah, also like, you know pretty. Yeah, useful. I think when we first started, like the like his brother just like made us a character sheet, and sure. then and told us what to roll and stuff, and then yeah, we we finally got the player's handbook. Um, and then you get like the DM book and monster manual was a, a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, if you were really cool and I wasn't cool enough to have this was like the, for like second edition, they had all the uh, classes had like their own, like, like faux leather uh, Brown covers. Mm-hmm. So like those, if you're yeah. a ranger, it had all the extra stuff in there, you know? Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was definitely a bunch of like really cool books that were kind of just specifically designed for specific classes. And mm-hmm. that was very cool, yeah. Um, what other kind of stuff did you play like back in the day? Um, when I think I might have even talked about this on a previous podcast, but yeah, uh, playing D and D, we would go to a convention at the uh, local university like twice a year, and mm-hmm. one the the local hobby shop guy that was there selling stuff. Uh, he saw that we were young. We were kind of just hanging out, uh, trying to pass the time before our, our next stuff. And he introduced us to Magic the Gathering. And that set off, you know, the buying booster packs and everything for many, many years. That's how they get you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I, I, I've been to small conventions, too, where, like, 
there's always and and it's it's small conventions, local conventions. It's rarely you have a big group. I mean, it depends, I suppose. At least the ones that I've been to, it's usually like a small group that are like drafting over here, kind of by the side mm-hmm. or something like that. It's rare that I go to a local convention. At least most of the local conventions I've gone to have been pretty board game heavy, but there is usually some magic going on. But um, like there are also obviously good sized magic tournaments, but those are usually held in stores. It seems you know what I mean, right? Did you go to like things like that? Because Friday Night Magic probably wasn't even started yet back when you got. Into yeah, and Magic, I don't. Was it? I don't think we even had a like a true gaming store. Like, really, mm-hmm. the our our like bookstore was probably the closest we had to that. Um, because I I want to say that it was there, and then I'm trying to think. I, I think there was another store that kind of opened up that would sell boosters as well, but it was more of a baseball card shop too. Yeah. So yeah. it was just kind of a, they just sold everything that was, you know, shiny pla- uh, or shiny cardboard. So, you know, my brother mm-hmm. would go in for his baseball cards. I wasn't playing, doing baseball cards anymore. So I would get my magic cards and stuff. And Yeah. Like I got into magic a bit in when I was in college and I would buy them at the cards. There was no game store in our, my town at the time. And, but there was a uh, hobby town USA. And so mm. I would go to the hobby town and get, um, boosters from them and stuff so yeah that was i did a little bit of that i didn't play a ton and it was funny too because back then we were like playing with these like huge decks we weren't kind of following like normally it's like a 60 card deck these days is what people seem to play with for the most part we were just playing with like all of our cards for nearly and uh, (laughs) and then you know it was really hard to shuffle them because there's such big decks right you know right and so what we did was we there's a a company in town that sells all kinds of weird products and one of the products that they sell in their catalog are these um, battery-powered card shuffling machines. Oh, like for like blackjack and stuff or poker. Yeah, l- yeah. And so you'd put a deck in there and you'd push a button and it would shuffle them. Or you'd put two decks in and it would shuffle them together into one. And you usually mulch like one out of every 15 or 20 cards, just like bend it and stuff like that. And nowadays, mm. like those, you know, players would just be like, you can't do that like we weren't putting anything into sleeves or oh yeah no that's what i was thinking yeah Yeah. you couldn't sleeve it why would you sleeve it no that's yeah exactly now it's standard it seems but yeah back then you just didn't do that kind of stuff yeah i think it's like a rule like it has it can only it's like a five second rule like it can't be out of the pack before it goes in a sleeve for like five seconds or the well i think actually in terms of power I, I haven't played a tournament ever. Well, I don't know if I've ever played a magic tournament. I used to play with friends. But I think nowadays in tournaments, I do think you have to have them in sleeves with opaque backs because yeah. some people can tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people can tell the difference between the different like densities of print ink and stuff like that on the backs to figure out stuff or whatever. So yeah, that you have to have them in sleeves. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um were you doing both of them simultaneously, AD and D and uh, and uh, Magic the Gathering? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was and that was kind of the nice thing was like Magic was nice because you didn't you could play with just two people, and then when we had a, a bigger group, more time, we you know do kind of the D and D stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, I I got to figure that probably there are plenty of games of Magic that have cropped up while waiting for everybody to show up to the D and D game. I mean, it's right. just or kind even of like. Yeah, or or if like the DM was like if like the party was split for some reason, you know, there would even be side games of that going on too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit hand in hand, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, what other kind of stuff did you play back in the day? Um, I, uh, BattleTech was an, another one fr- from kind of that middle school age thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I that one was kind of a 
I think I only played with a you know a couple friends, and we kind of played it back and forth. Um, and I was more interested in like the lore and reading it and and doing some like you know solo stuff. So I didn't play a ton of it, but that was another one that I really liked. Yeah, yeah, that's actually for me too. In middle school, about time is when I got into BattleTech as well. Um, that was probably about ten years before your before you did. But yeah, it yeah. was um, like when I was playing. We started playing. It was little cardboard cutouts of the max like little okay cardboard rectangles on plastic standees and that's you know you played on the on the hex grid and stuff and then when i got into college then i started buying um some plastic but mostly metal um models for BattleTech and really poorly painting them up like one of the earliest miniatures i ever painted was a an atlas and uh, i think i painted it with the same paint that i had left over from the last time that i had painted a model airplane so that was the square glass bottles from like, testers, that, testers enamel. Yeah, yeah, the tester stuff. Yep. Yeah, not great. Not a not a not a particularly good look. But at the time, I was like, "Well, they're painted," and um, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was it was a it was an interesting game. It was like there was all, so many little tiny circles to fill out. Like as you took oh, damage, yeah, that and was stuff the thing. Like that. And you but you yeah. felt like you're like, "Oh, this is so realistic because I have to fill out tons of little circles." That yeah, exactly. You know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like taking a test in college. But yeah, did, you uh, do, did you ever do Mech Warrior, which the, was like the RPG side of it? No, I never did. I I had some friends who played it and would talk about it from time to yeah. time, but I never did though. Yeah, I think I, I, maybe, I think I maybe filled in like one game one time, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get into that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. Like I don't know if it has something to do with the. It just I don't know. Like there's certain RPGs to me that just make sense as RPGs. And there's other ones where it seems like, I just don't know. Like that, that game to me was so cemented in the tabletop, you know, hex based experience that trying to make it into a, a game that was more, you know, role-playing seemed a little odd to me at the time, I guess. I don't know, but I did. Yeah. I, I wasn't as much of a role player. Like I said, I, I kind of slowed down a lot in it after, after grade school. Um, I played a little bit again in, in college, um, but that was pretty much about it. Um, but yeah, BattleTech I enjoyed. I've tried to look into it in the last couple, you know, last five years and stuff like that. And it's it, there's just a lot of paperwork these days. Is the way it comes across. Back then, when yeah. you're younger and stuff like that, and games were like that, you just were like, okay, well, this makes sense. I got to have an right. eight and a half by eleven sheet for like, you know, that's double sided for like every mm-hmm. Mac. And nowadays, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I, I mean, it also, it could take a really long time, that game, too. Right. Yeah. Like, you, could, you you know, spend a whole day playing, but that was okay. Like, now I'm like, sure. I don't know. So, yeah, I've got, like, a, the starter set uh, from, is it Catalyst, I believe? Yeah, Catalyst. The latest one. And mm-hmm. it's, I've I've opened it, I've looked at it, but I've, but I have not, like, you know, amped myself up enough to kind of revisit it. Yeah. I played a demo of what's what is known as the new uh, classic BattleTech made by Catalyst. I played, played a demo at Gen Con, I don't know, 2017, 2018, just to see how much because I'd heard they'd streamlined it some. And I yeah. played it uh, with it was like there's just a whole table full of us just playing on little two foot by two foot boards and it was one on ones and each of us had like one Mac and it was just a guy from the company just going through and teaching us all like okay, this is what you do here and then step two you do this and that one. And so we started playing me and this other guy who was about my age 
And both of us had been like, were lapsed, you know, Battletech players. And both of us were just trying to see what the new streamline was about. Uh-huh. And honestly, after about the second turn, we're like, this seems almost identical to the old game. We don't see a difference here. <laughs> and then we just started playing ahead. And the guy from, from the, the company would come along and be like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, we're, we, we, we know how to play this. We're fine. And he's Because he was like, he thought we were like, you know, going off the rails, which we were, but we just, you know, we were just going ahead on the rails, I guess. So yeah, yeah, I I do. And I know that they've made a game called Alpha Strike, I believe, which is supposed to be a little bit more streamlined, but Mm. I've had a hard time finding. I found the the models at one point for a good price. And I was like, yep, I'll do that. And then I, they, but the, the book was not available and then later on the book was available but then the models were not available and so oh i remember that yeah 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 yeah. so it's it's been a bit of a thing but um what other kind of stuff did you play uh that you spent a lot of time on um once i kind of got in high school uh and you know even some early college uh it was kind of more of a group activity so like balderdash um was a fun one that we would play kind of as a group um mm-hmm. uh and that was always kind of fun way to like just a party kind of game kind of thing yeah yeah it was you know light but you know still kind of you know interesting um mm-hmm. had enough trivial stuff for me that i it itched my trivia stuff without having to go full trivial pursuit on everybody right people don't like playing with you anymore because you for some reason remember weird things yeah, yeah. Um, that and then lots and lots of Axis allies. Like, uh, mm. I lost so much time to Axis and allies. I, there, it, there was, you know, it was Axis and allies is why I I became a Pink Floyd fan because uh, one of the one of our friends his his house was typically the place we played at because um, he had a good little spot that we could kind of keep the game open if we needed to, but we usually mm-hmm. didn't. And his dad had just thousands of uh vinyl records and oh, okay. uh, but he was a big pink floyd guy so typically yeah pink floyd would be put onto the record and so from you know six seven o'clock at night till four or five in the morning we'd be listening to that stuff while playing so i was trying to figure out how the two were related but you explained yep. it. that makes sense yeah yeah yep. was that, like, it was it was a weird way to go around it but that, that no no because yeah, yeah, we i was a big led zeppelin guy so we would start with some led zeppelin stuff and then yeah and then he started playing more pink floyd and then it kind of just kind of became nostalgic on its own by doing that sure so yeah 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 i i, I haven't played that much i played a little bit of axis and allies um i played a little bit of it in college but i played it with a with a group of friends who were all had been playing it for years and years and years and were much, mm. much better at it. So I would like, you know, on turn two, I would like say, oh, I'm going to move these guys over here. And then they would all look at me and be like, mm, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and it was like a situation of like, they knew how the game was going to be played. And it right. was just basically down to dice rolls. And if I was like, not following strategy, because I rarely ever do. And I was just like, well, I'm going to do this. And they're like, no, it's, it's turn two, you need to do this. And I'm like, so you were playing checkers, they were playing chess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I was playing chess but didn't quite understand the game and they were trying to teach it to me and i just i i don't know it wasn't it wasn't my interest area but i did get to play a little bit so that was something fun i also like in college really got into um uh, a friend of mine one of the guys who was in that group that played um axis and allies and told me i was always doing it wrong uh i i played he introduced me to space hulk which was um games workshops kind of like 
it's a little bit like the movie Aliens. Like you got, you mm. know, your Marines okay. walking around the hallways, except that they're Terminator Marines. So they're like in giant, you know, suits of, of robot armor. And yeah, then yeah. Um, instead of like the the alien from the movies, you've got the, the Gene Stealers, which are basically kind of based off of those movies a little bit. And um, yeah, they're running around doing, uh, you know, and it's, it's a tile based game. So you have these like hallways and stuff all set up and there's doors you can open and like when you can't nice. see, like, you know, roughly where the gene stealers are, but they're just a blip until you can actually physically see them. Like they show up on your, on your radar or whatever, and they're just a, a, a token. And then when they get Got into vi- visual with you, you flip the token over and it either says one, two or three in the bottom. And that's how uh. many gene stealers you, you put in that spot. So, um, um, and there's not generally like, oh, I killed all the gene stealers and now the game is over. Like they just always keep coming. They just keep coming out of the vents and out of the out of the special doorways that are set aside that they get to come out of. Okay. Um, and so like you can I think you can some of the scenarios you can like lock down the um the doors or the vents so they can't keep coming out of there, but I don't think you could ever lock down all of them. So it's uh Got it. It's okay. generally like I have an objective and I have to get there before our this infinite number of enemies kills me. You know what I mean? So, okay. Um, and did, did like, and it's, someone control them or they were kind of like, you know, usually you had one player who played the, um, the, uh, yeah, like the, the gene stealers. And then okay. you could have multiple players because you could have multiple squads who would basically be playing co-op then to play the, uh, the, the space Marines. So, um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, and it's what taught me and, and introduced me to the world of like Warhammer 40,000 and, you know, all that stuff. So even when I was playing, I would be like reading through the instruction manual that came out that was all black and white and just, you know, because they did put like some some lore in there talking about the emperor and talking about the space marines and all this stuff. And okay. I was just like, this is, this is cool. This was like 91 or maybe 92. And um, okay. so, yeah, that's kind of when I was first introduced to the, the world of the Games Workshop stuff. And I, that was, that, that game had a, a soft spot in my heart and still does. I own not the most, most, most recent version, but I own the version from like 2008 there. They had another, okay. like that was like version three. Then they came up with kind of a 3.5 at some point, like maybe 2012, 2013. Okay. Uh, that one I do, that one I don't own, but I do own the third edition. So, nice. um, and then, uh, about roughly the same time, maybe a little bit later, actually, uh, then shadow run, which was a really fun, uh, RPG, and that was, again, some RPG stuff I did do in college. And uh, a friend of mine that ran it was a really good uh, GM. And um, we had a lot of fun with it. And we would sit around and eat snacks and, and you know, drink beers and whatnot and, uh, mm-hmm. and have a good time. Throw a lot of dice, a lot of six-siders. Nice. That, that Shadowrun's a game of, like, they, they don't use normal, like, RPG dice in that game for the most part. It's basically right. just all six-siders, and it's a whole pool of them. And when they say a pool, they don't mean, like, a like the concept of a pool. They mean, like, a, a like a kiddie pool that you get, you know, like, and then just, yeah. So it's a lot of dice. Um, but, yeah, that was that was also a lot of fun. I really enjoyed playing. And I, I've tried to do it a little bit since, and uh, we, we even, I don't know, maybe five years ago sort of tried to start uh, another campaign, and it just didn't take off uh it's at least not for me some of them played for a while longer but i only okay. kind of like was you know tertiary to it so but yeah nice. give me any other kind of like older games or things that you remember from back then i was thinking i think that's i mean that was kind of the the big majority of them really um like i said there's always little have, things that crop up but yeah yeah that you know that we, we didn't have that hobby store so mm-hmm. you know it was kind of being introduced you know from friends or, or whatever. Um, but yeah, those were the well, main you, things. 
you had to look a lot harder back then. You know, I mean, it's Absolutely. a lot. I don't, I don't want to say like, well, it's a lot easier for the kids today, but it is more, it's certainly more accepted. I mean, you see, you find out about, you, you, you see, you know, uh, characters on popular TV shows playing Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, nowadays yeah. with like well, Twitch and Critical Role and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're, they're doing e. Kickstarters they were, and they were playing basically D and D and ET. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And then they did the same type of thing in like Stranger Things and stuff like that. And now there's right. a yeah, tie-in like for Dungeons and Dragons yeah. with Stranger Things. And, you know, like Disney movies are coming out with uh, affiliated um, role-playing games that uh, Onward. Was that a Pixar or was that just Disney? I don't remember. That, uh, that was Pixar. Was it? Okay. But yep. yeah, they came out with like an RPG based off of the RPG that they played in the movie, which was, you know. Yeah, well, it's still kind coming. of weird meta it's thing. It's not out yet. Oh, it's not. I thought it was. No, we've. Oh, that's right. COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. Because we saw it. We saw it in in Reno when we were yep. there for the Game and Manufacturers I think it, Association. I think then trade it was show. like they were they were planning on like May June launch of that. Yeah, like, yeah. Not, but that'll yeah, come last, eventually, in theory. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you're seeing a lot of that kind of stuff. You're seeing that these types of games, are, like I said before, too, like you're starting to see games like Settlers of Catan and Ticket to Ride and stuff like that. And those things are just at Target, you know? Um, right. Um, even Best Buy, for some weird reason. That doesn't seem like a thing you'd sell at Best Buy, but there it is. Yeah. I've seen it in there. Yeah. And all your bookstores, yeah, bookstores are starting to carry more of the board games as well. And Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, what kind of stuff now, though? Like, how is your gaming? Uh, I don't play tabletop games changed. anymore. No, just oh yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good yeah. idea. <laughs> I realize it costs a lot of money, and I just stopped doing that. So yeah, no, totally. <laughs> Says alternate universe Matt, who's a millionaire because he didn't spend it all on plastic just and cardboard. Sits in the corner and stares at the at the paint. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, so yeah, like, uh, I know you've changed some degree. Well, both of us have changed to some degree as far as the the, the the overall genre, I would say. Although you're still sticking pretty heavily with um, board games and, and RPGs as well. Yeah, and, I, and mostly, yeah, it was, and it kind of was the same thing. D&D kind of got me back. Well, I, no, you're right. Board games got me back into it, um, mm-hmm. that that genre. Um, I had a, work friends that were into board games, and at that time I didn't know what a Euro game was and or anything mm-hmm. like that, and... Uh, the, then I think that was around the time that Will, uh, Will Wheaton's tabletop started. Oh, on, um, on YouTube, yeah, yeah. And so mm-hmm. between him inviting me to their like gaming group and and uh, the show, I got back into it. And then as I went to conventions, started seeing people playing D anD D and go, "Oh, yeah, I need to get back into that." And mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it's just spiraled from there. Then, you know, a certain Adam person decided to tell me that I should go into miniatures. So, sure, yeah, I, pl- sure. I play a lot of, well, I'm starting to play a lot more Kill Team. So, um, yeah, I like Kill Team. I really like it because it's, it's the right amount for me. Like, I'm, I I still think I'm too busy to point to build a 2,000-point army. Forty um, k, yeah. Like yeah, regular I mean, Warhammer 40,000. Like you, you, it's a big army very frequently, yeah. although... The newest version of Warhammer 40,000, which is like ninth edition, they do now, they're pushing real hard on this idea of also being able to play a version of Warhammer 40,000 called Combat Patrol, which is only right. a 500 point army. But still, even then, that's still like, I've got technically a painted, well, I've almost got a painted 500 point army, um, okay. almost by accident. 
uh, from the models that I painted on Twitch when the new the new starter box came out. Oh, but yeah, it's yeah. still like twenty four models, you know. So that's a good deal. That's more than you would ever paint generally for kill team on a single army. I right. think the maximum your roster size can be in kill team is twenty. But most, yeah. I mean, honestly, most of the armies that I own for kill team are generally five, six, seven, maybe eight models. I've got one the one army that's maybe thirteen, and that's Imperial Guard. Okay. So. Yeah, it is. It is a definitely. It's a. It's a smaller game, both in physical size, like the, the play space. It's like twenty two by thirty inches. Right. Where, yeah. And, and whereas time, like, yeah. time wise, you can play in a couple hours. And yeah, yeah. It's so it's a nice quick thing, but you know, at the same time, I I do see myself looking. You know, when I'm at the hobby shop, looking at the the big vehicles and stuff like that, going, oh, that'd be kind of fun to play with, and. Yeah, it, I don't know. I, I again, and it, I'm not telling you don't. I'm obviously, you know, obviously, plenty of people enjoy it. I, I just think that um, I, for me personally, I'm more of a skirmish style uh, player. I don't want to build big armies much anymore. So I just want to build a lot of small armies, which kind of basically comes to the same thing. But it's like right. more flavor. It's like it, well, it's a buffet yeah. is basically yeah. the, the term that I right. use very frequently. Instead of being like, oh, I'm going to eat a whole bunch of this. It's like, oh, I have a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this. And that's, you know. Right. And that's why buffets are nice. But you still end up leaving the buffet like usually totally stuffed and kind of hating yourself. And so it's you're, right. you're still eating roughly the same amount. You're just <laughs> eating more. little bits of yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, I, I, I get you there. That's um, like f- for me as well. Like, yeah, I would say like these days, like. These days, it's Warhammer stuff in general, which can include 40K, although I haven't played a game of actual 40K since the beginning of 8th. I've been instead playing Kill Team, which is the kind of skirmish version of 40K. It's a smaller, slightly different game. Right. Warhammer um, Light. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And then there's um, Age of Sigmar, which is the fantasy version of Warhammer. Yeah. And then I and I haven't played a game of that in a while, but I do actually have like a thousand point army painted for Age of Sigmar, which is, you know... A, Age of Sigmar runs on fewer models to some degree. But then there's also now a newer game that's a skirmishy version of Age of Sigmar called Warcry, um, which gets to use a lot of the same models and things like that. And that I've been really into lately. I've been painting. I just finished, like I said, my second uh, Warcry Warband, and I'm about to start. Well, I just started last night building my third, and I have several others planned. So again, there's that buffet thing. And then there's Necromunda, which takes place in the world of 40K, but it is not with 40K models. It's about kind of gangs that live in the underhive, which is the um, kind of the basements of these giant hive cities that, that humans have a tendency to live yeah. on, on these planets. And so it's a, it's a small skirmish game using completely different models, but they're very cool and I like them a lot. So um, yeah, game yeah. gameplay wise and like, and terrain look and everything else. I really liked Necromunda. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's probably for me as, as tempting and fun seeming to do the, to paint the models. Like yeah. just because they're mostly humans, right? Yeah, that's true. There are generally it's basically just like yeah, I and mean, they're all, well, technically now you can run a a gang that is gene stealer cults, which are basically just okay, humans yeah. that have started to kind of get infected by gene stealers. But right. for the most part, everybody's a human. Yeah. So if you're but, interested but the actual, in stuff, like, that's, yeah, the actual story and grit um, and and gameplay looks like a lot of fun. So well, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I would paint it i would definitely would want to try i do it is on my list of things i want to try out yeah well if you ever get into kit bashing if you ever decide to start getting into kit bashing for mm. whatever reason necromonda models are spectacular for that because they come with lots and lots of parts and they're just there's a lot of different styles and so like 
like, uh, you know, I wasn't really playing uh, Necromunda at first when it came out, but I was buying all the models because I would like, I need this kit because I want these guns and I want this shoulder pad and I want this. And, and like, there's just so many times that I'm trying to make like a new thing out of nothing where I start with, well, I'll grab like this and this and this out of this box and this and this out of another box of Necromunda models. And so, yeah, like for me, the, the modeling, the painting, all that kind of stuff is generally a bit more important. And Lord knows I do more of it time-wise than I do of actual gaming these days, especially, you know, since March. Um, but yeah, so if you do, if you look at it, like there are some really cool uh, parts just alone in, in the Necromunda boxes, I think too. So, you know. Nice. But yeah, you've also got, you're, you've been talking a little bit about like kind of group style games and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, but yeah, I still kind of, you know, again, it's, it, there's, it's harder to get a group of people together playing game. It's a game, but you know, you know, conventions or, you know, mm-hmm. bigger events, you know, I do like playing some of the, like the more group size ones, like Captain Sonar, you know, really, I mean, I've only played it with eight. Um, I, it's it's just like it, it's built for eight. It's it seems like it's best with eight. So, mm-hmm. but you know, it's hard to have eight people that are wanting to play that game all at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, I do when see you it, do it at conventions every, it and stuff fun. back in. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, that's a fun game. Um, and then I like uh, Secret Hitler a lot. Um, you know, even though, you know, you always get the eye look because I know I gave the eye look to people when they first told me about it. Um, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, it, and I think that the the rise of the um, uh, uh, game Among Us. Um, oh, the video it, game. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much yeah, yeah, the same the, thing. The little space social people, deduction. Yeah. yeah. Figuring out who the who the traders are like. I mean, all that kind of goes back to werewolf to some degree. Right. Yeah. yeah I just exactly. kind of like the. I felt like the way that uh, the rules for Secret Hitler worked um, were a little bit more coy, um, and you didn't have to mm-hmm. do the whole like close your eyes and nobody's right. looking, and you didn't have to worry about you know there was less of the meta stuff where like oh I heard somebody move you know like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, there was less of that tricky type stuff going on. Um, I, I I won't be shocked if somebody's already got Among Us license and and will be as a board game. game? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I could see that. That makes sense. Yeah, that'd be a good license, honestly. That's that's for yeah. sure. And if they haven't, then that was my idea, and you now owe me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trademark. <laughs> trademark. Copyright. Um, yeah, I, I and I be like I was just talking a little bit about kit bashing and stuff like that, you know, and like using those Necromonda models to make other types of mm-hmm. models. And a lot of that for me has been based off of doing other indie skirmish games. Like you get your Warhammer. Obviously that's like the 800 pound gorilla in the miniature right. industry. Their games workshops, the biggest company out there for that. Um, but there are also plenty of indie skirmish games, some of them smaller than others. Um, and uh, games that I've been playing that I really enjoy for that. Uh, Planet 28 is a very cool one. Uh, Star Breach is a, another very cool one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Zone Raiders. Planet 28 is made by Mammoth Miniatures, which is basically just one person from what I know. His name is Nick. He's a nice, nice guy. And um, and then Star Breach is, uh, was designed by uh, Elijah or... I think it's, I think, oh, yeah, Elijah, I think. And they're produced by or published by Slow Death Games. And um, that one's a little bit more 
that one's a lot thicker. Planet 28 is like a 16-page book. It's very small, but it, I right. really enjoy that, that aesthetic of it and everything. And Star Breach is a much thicker book, um, but it is also a free download if you want to download like a relatively simpler version. It's not that the rules are simpler. It's just like there's no artwork and stuff like that, but you can download it and play the rules. Like a printer-friendly version. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then there is also, if you buy the book, though, there is also like added like campaign stuff and things like that. Nice. Um, okay. And then Zone Raiders is, I think you basically just buy it. I don't know that they have a free version at all but it's um zone raiders i like although it's really hard to build models for i'm finding because the the factions are so very different um, than anything else that's out there because it's so far in the future that humans have sort of almost evolved and uh, in a lot of weird ways and so it's really hard to find models that i think fit the aesthetic that i i love the story of it and the concept of it um but it's kind of harder to find models and then to build stuff where star breach like the army rules in Star Breach, the army lists are all kind of based off of 40K. So if you're like, well, if you have Tau, these guys, we're not calling them Tau, but they're kind of basically Tau. But then there's okay. also like, these guys are basically Sith, you know? So you don't, it's not just 40K, it's also Star Wars. There's also a bunch of like regular, gen, you know, gen, uh, general tropes in there, like space pirates and nomads mm. and things like that. So they have a lot of different army lists. And then Planet 28 basically has no army lists. You just kind of, you're building a little war band. It's usually three to four models and they're just basically you kind of you kind of custom build their stats and then just you know that there's nothing really about factions doesn't get that deep which is why it's no are you finding that like are you finding that some of these like you're able to reuse models it sounds like some of them not really but some maybe or i mean between planet 28 and star breach i certainly have yeah um yeah, just like I'll, you know, because I've, I'm building everything kind of grungy for both of those settings because it's just, it's it's kind of the aesthetic that I like and everything, but yeah. Nice. Um, and you've also, I know you've gotten into Gloomhaven because I sold it to you. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, yeah, I did because I, I won a copy and then it was huge. It's a humongous bo- and, and box. And then I had my hernia surgery right shortly thereafter. Which, <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it, They claimed that that wasn't related, but I don't know. Right, um, but exactly. yeah, for for me, it, that was kind of a nice way to kind of do D and D light. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like the fact that it's it's a uh, it's a good entry game for people that aren't really wanting to play D and D fully, or you know, if you don't want to, you know, have to worry about setting up a big, big campaign. You know, yeah, it's just I I find it's just a it it scratched a very nice little niche for me. Um, but it also is very see- deep. Yeah, super deep. Yeah. Lots of stuff. I mean, the amount of cardboard uh, miniatures in it is just crazy. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think I like that, too, because it kind of reminds me of you know, kind of that old school gaming feel, like your 80s where you didn't, you know, it didn't come. It wasn't five boxes of little plastic miniatures, you know. Right. You you might have some, you know, your main characters are, are, are you know, the, the sculpts, but everything else is just cardboard with a little stand, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's fun. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. It totally does. Um I don't know. Otherwise I and I've as I've been getting into like it, you know, before getting into the indie kind of skirmish games, which are very frequently like one person operations, I also started getting into slightly less indie skirmish games, like mainly stuff a lot of stuff from Osprey games. Um mm. Yeah, I've been really enjoying Zona Alpha, especially now that they came out with um, some free uh, like single player rules, so you could kind of like you know play it that way. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, Zona Alpha is a uh, kind of like a modern age sort of 
And it's basically like aliens came to Earth, hung out for a little bit, and then left. And they left all this junk behind. And now those areas are cordoned off by the government because they are kind of dangerous. But there's also really cool stuff in there. So you're basically playing a small group of kind of treasure hunters who are trying to break in and go in there and get some things and get out without getting turned inside out by a strange magnetic field, um, you know, or or, or attacked by the military or whatever, that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, and, and then Frostgrave is kind of, I don't want to say the same. And Frostgrave just had a new, a new edition that came out, second edition. But Frostgrave is also about treasure hunting. And you're treasure hunting uh, basically a, a city that was under ice for a thousand years due to a very possibly botched or potentially uh, filled with malice spell. And it is now thought out. And now people, treasure hunters mostly are going back in there. So it can be a co-op game, but it's a little bit more adversarial. But it's also you're playing against the board because sometimes skeletons show up or, you know, kobolds or who knows what. Nice. Um, and again, both of those are basically, there's no set of models that you buy for it. So you end up, you know, kind of making your own stuff and using different companies and things like that. And it's it's a lot of fun. Very um, cool. Yeah. What other kind of, you got anything else that you've been playing recently um, that, you, that you like these days? Yeah, I was, I was th- thinking about all the stuff you did. When you talked about Osprey, I, I remembered mm-hmm. about uh, the fact that we do not play Car Wars enough. We need to... Gaslands. Re- Gaslands. That's, yep. that's that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd like to like, get together and do that again as well. I guess you yeah. can play it on Tabletop Simulator because some huh. of the folks in my Discord have been doing that, and I should we should okay. look into that maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got basically a thing built. I just need to... Some cars, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I need to um, get some cars built. I've got them bought. I just don't have them built, and then I need to paint them. Yeah, Gaslands, for those of you who don't know, is is a it's a it's a you know you use um, basically like Hot Wheels or Matchbox cars. You kind of modify them up and make them look a little post apocalyptic, and then you you have the set of rules again from Osprey um, that you you know you can drive around, you can shoot each other with machine guns on your cars, you can smash into each other. There's all kinds of stuff, and it's a it kind of a race. You're basically going around and hitting certain points in the map that you have to hit. Yep. And I and I won the last time we played. That's true. You did. That's true. That's a very good point. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it it got real popular. It was one of their kind of like little blue cover book series. They make these thin little kind of soft cover books with kind of right. like blue cover and then some artwork, and it got real popular. And then they finally made a nice hard cover with a whole full art cover, and it's called Gaslands Refueled, I believe. Yeah, I think is, so. Is I the think new, and it's got like mm. some updated rules and and added stuff and and and. Skirm- and uh, uh campaign stuff and things like that yep. so yeah definitely yeah um and then uh shatter crown i always forget to mention shatter crown from gaddis gaming um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is the whole uh alternate world history one. world war one yep. yeah the uh basically war of the worlds happened and then now world war one is is going on but everything with alien technology and stuff has yeah the people people they have you know scrapped together some alien tech um and brought stuff in and yeah you, you get the tesla and edison stuff coming into it and, and stuff like, like they that, never so. came up with that in the book like there's i don't was there i don't i don't think there was ever a sequel to war of the worlds but like when all those aliens died from the common cold then they left behind a whole bunch of stuff Right, and and that's and that's where and that's where Shattered Crown goes is like, well, yep. What did we do with all that stuff? Well, here you go. 
Yeah, so he's yeah, got no, uh, Empire Falls is the Kickstarter is next month, I believe. Uh, and that's mid- kind of the World War Two version. Yeah, of? he's doing it in World War Two, which so I'm excited about that. I know that like the he had the uh, the ball tank was earlier this mm-hmm. summer, um, which was like kind of a sneak preview. But yeah, I've been seeing some of the new stuff coming out for that, like the artwork and uh, polish yeah. on it is just yeah, it's gonna be fun. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That was my first. Yeah, that was my first miniature army I ever bought. Yeah, Shattered Crown. That's right. Yep. So that's yeah, yeah. that's in there. I get. I, I need to play that more often too. It's hard yeah. to play uh, some of these games uh, remote, but uh, yeah, man. yeah, I know it's it's a bummer. All right. Well, I, anyway, I hope that some of you enjoyed just us kind of prattling on a little bit about games that we used to enjoy and games that we, yeah, to some degree, still enjoy, but when then new games that we're playing now as we've gotten you know older or as that time has gone on and games have oh, changed something. And wiser. Kind of stuff. Wiser. Certainly we've gotten wiser. Lord knows. Uh, yeah, that's that's for sure. So I don't know, like, um, you know, if you want to, if you're uh, you want to put some things, if you're watching this on YouTube, and by watching, I mean basically listening, but, you know, the Put some stuff in the comments and let us know about games that uh, maybe that you, uh, you know, also enjoyed that were some of the things that we mentioned or some other kind of things or just, you know, just say hi, whatever. That's or, cool. or, you're, or you're like, I am sick of what they're talking about. I wish they would talk about this because you yeah, have a great yeah, topic exactly. idea. You got a great topic idea. Absolutely drop it in there or shoot us an email. And I'll tell you right here what the email address is in just a sec. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Game 4 Podcast. If you've got questions or comments and you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment below. If you are listening via your favorite podcast player or just aren't into the whole YouTube comment section thing, then you can feel free to reach out to us via email at podcast at imgame4.com, or you can send us topic ideas as well. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our website at www.iamgame4.com. That is www.iamgameforcom Thank you.